You're listening to the Habs Banter Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by All Habs. It features your co-hosts Corey DeZormo and Mark Lescutra. I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, raw, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rats, you beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ram, raw, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ram, raw, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rats, you beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Guys, what's up? We are episode four of the second season of Habs Banter. You can find us on allhabs.net. You can find the video on YouTube and you can also now find the audio on iTunes. So please subscri- subscribe. There you go back to last Man, year screwing up that word again. Uh, steal steal, steal your friend's phones and subscribe. Yep. Um, do everything you can to subscribe to give us false hope that more people actually listen yes. to this than you yes please um we've got a really busy episode uh we actually have zach cook on um at zach cook c s m and uh he is a great interview so we had a lot of fun with him so we're gonna skip the usual banter that nobody wants to hear anyway we're gonna go right into a uh christmas theme uh segment yep um, this segment is called, uh, who receives the most amount of coal, uh, who's going to receive the most amount of coal in their stocking this year? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start and I'm going to say that David DeHarnay is going to receive the most amount of coal this year, uh, not because he is the root of all of our complaints and reasons for that, but just because he's convinced Terrier for the last four or five years that he's a legitimate NHL player. And for that amount of lying, like if you're able to lie to somebody and you can just pretend to be something you're not for that long, uh, you deserve a whole shitload of coal, basically. That's my that's my take on the segment. Okay. What is yours? <clears throat> well, I think that the receiver, the re- recipient, the, the recipient. Yep. Sorry, up in the North Pole again. Again, out of speed sometimes. Uh, the recipient of the coal uh, is uh, Sylvain Lefebvre. You got a hoop in your face, bro. This might be a, a new low for us. It's going to suck for the people listening on audio because you can't see oh, uh, yeah, true. Uh, costumes. Yeah. But that basically, will suck for the people. there's a reindeer sitting on my head yeah. and Scoots is dressed as Santa Claus. So yeah. continue your take. Yeah. So Sylvain Lefebvre, not that anyone really had much faith in him to begin with, but with, I think, four out of the five leading scorers for the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, up in the NHL, he benched the other guy in the top five, uh, Nikita Sherback. Uh, man, your take is terrible. What yeah, are you trying to say? I don't know. I'm, I didn't realize how distracted I'd be by our cost. Anyway, so he benched one of our top scorers when the team couldn't score. The team was losing. Okay, and, did it? 
Did it come out why he benched him? I don't know. Because I think this is a t- like you realize he like he started the second period like back on the top line and ended up scoring right that game. Yeah, finally. Okay, like maybe there was a reason for it. Like I don't understand why people were so upset. Like people got so mad. Like I know Sylvain Lefebvre's not the greatest coach. He's made that quite clear. Um, but I just don't understand what people are getting so ticked off about. Like relax. Relax. Nah, Maybe it's a Carolina Panthers situation. Cam Newton got benched because he didn't wear a tie. Wow. Got benched for a series. So what? Yeah, maybe. They benched him for a period. Maybe he did something. Maybe he missed curfew. Maybe he did something else. Who knows? Whatever. Well, He's teaching him a bit of discipline, maybe. I'm glad one of us got fired up there. As long as it wasn't a hockey decision? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Still get the call. Okay, so let's uh, go right into the... Uh, actually, we're going to break some news. We're going to break some news. Galchenyuk is injured. Breaking news, Galchenyuk. Lower body injury. We're not sure where. Um, Second phase of... We don't know how long he's out yet. Second phase of breaking news. Because Galchenyuk got injured, we are now breaking news uh, that Hudo and McCarran are also injured. I wouldn't have known that uh, unless... Galchenyuk got injured because right away I was like, oh, maybe they'll call it McCarran or Huno, but found out they were injured. So, breaking news, Galchenyuk, Huno, and McCarran are all injured. And the third part of that is D'Arnay managed to find his way back to the top line. Here is our interview with Zach Cook. Please enjoy. We'll see you guys uh, on episode five. And uh, talk to you later. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're good to go. Okay, guys. Uh, welcome, Zach. Uh, you can find Zach on Twitter at, at ZachCookCSM. Is that right? That is correct. Nice. What have you been up to, man? Uh, you, you know, know what? what? Just, Just entered my first year at the, the College of Sports Media in Toronto, looking to get into broadcast journalism. Uh, really exciting times for me. I've had a great time uh, at school so far this year. Uh, one of my professors, you guys actually are here know quite well, and Hugh Burrow. So uh, okay. that's quite a. I love, I love the starting off with a name drop. That's that's yeah, a great that's start. A, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> I, I had to name drop him. I've mentioned him in class a few times to, about you guys, and said that I've uh, been following you guys for a little while now. So uh, kind of discussed that a little bit, and he said he's. I think he said he's been on the show. Yeah. If I'm correct. So clearly, yeah. you didn't watch the episode. I'm not going to pretend I did, so, so I'm not going to... So we're off to a bad start. Bad start. That's okay. <laughs> but, you know, pretty much, if you want to watch the episode, like, if you go back and you watch it or listen to it, basically, you find out everything you need to know about Hugh, yep. because he basically just talks about pizza and Vegas the whole time. Sounds a lot like Hugh, bro. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, sums yeah. Up, pretty much sums up Hugh. Okay, so... I noticed you changed your Twitter handle. Okay, I did. from I did. at Subans Lost Bro to at Zach Cook CSM. Is that because Subban found you, and then they traded him? Like, what's the, what's the deal? There? I'd love to say that that's exactly what happened, and he reached out to me. But the real reason was, uh, I think it was uh, it was time to move on in a sense, but it was also time to kind of uh, get more professional with my Twitter handle. So I kind of wanted to just class it up a bit and kind of emotionally cut ties with the whole situation, to be completely honest. That's fair. Mark and I don't know much about professional. Oh, come on. You guys are you guys are two of the classiest bunch out there. 
<laughs> okay, let's play over and under. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. I prepped a couple, uh, a couple of them for you guys. Okay, Price is on pace to play 59 games this year. Over or under? We'll start with Mark. Uh, I think over. Let's do a little right now because he missed a few at the beginning of the year. You think he's going to play over 59 games? Yeah. Because staying gonna... healthy. Staying healthy. Yep. Zach. I'll say around 62 or 64, so I'll say over as well. Okay. Although I do find it interesting that they're kind of giving Montoya a start tonight in the sense that it's not a back-to-back, so it's kind of that's kind of intriguing to me. It must have been planned or something ahead of time, I would think. Did Price play the whole West Coast, though? He did. He did play the whole West Coast. That could be another, another factor as well. Okay, so I'm going to go with under just mm. because. Just cause. Just cause, eh? Just cause. Like, I can see them relying on Pricey, but I think they've been playing Montoya enough so far that I'm confident going with the under. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's the best case scenario if, if we do go with the under. I just think it's one of those things where just classic, everyone leans on ter- on Price because he's, be- he's our best player. And it's hard, as much as it's good... Going into the playoffs, and he's a bit more rested. I know that's why they picked up the picked up Montoya, a bit more veteran presence uh, behind Price. But it's just once as the season moves on, I just see Terry relying on him. So you pretty much gave the rationale for me, like that the whole reason they went and picked up yeah, yeah. Montoya. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Was to play him so they could rest Price. Yeah. No, I, I get that. You know what? I think that. I think the best case scenario is the under, and I think that's right in the sense that if he does play less than, let's say, 60 games, I think that Montreal's in a comfortable spot, so they're not really worrying about being on the cusp of just making the playoffs. So I think that's a good thing for Montreal if he does play under. So that's what I think. But I do think it'll be just over 59. Okay. Placanic on pace for a whopping 23 points. A whopping 23 points. Zach, you're starting this one. Over or under? Over. I think it's just his luck has been ridiculously bad to start the season. I think he's just – it'll be interesting now that Galchenyuk's out for a little bit. Well, I don't want to say a little bit because we don't really know yet. But breaking it's interesting. Breaking news, Galchenyuk is out. Breaking yeah, well, breaking news, yeah. <laughs> but I think – now you're gonna you're gonna see what Pocas is really made of if he does step up in the absence of Galchenyuk and that whole whether it's the second line center because we all know Dayarne is gonna be center in the first line with Pacioretty and Radulov so that's just kind of the way it's been what's been said so far but you just think he has to if he doesn't step up now then maybe he's just kind of lost it so yep. I guess time will tell but I, I think over is a pretty safe bet. I would say if Placanic was going to get. A- of the minutes uh, on the top line with with Galchenyuk out, I'd be real comfortable in saying giving the over. But I don't, I don't think it's been a whole like entirely bad luck um, with Placanic. I think a lot of it is just I don't know if he's I don't think he's intentionally not trying. That'd be stupid. But he just there's something missing from his game, and it, if it's not effort level, it might just be like physically. He, Kind of went off, uh, went off a ledge this year. So I know it's because um, the game's the game's getting faster and faster every year. And now when guys are getting into their thirties, it doesn't happen for everyone. But 
forwards or players in the NHL now in their early 30s are starting to slow down a bit bit more and more in some cases. I think it might be Placanic's case. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with Zach on this one and say over. I actually looked at his shots per 60 last year, and he's actually over it. Like, I know it's a smaller sample size mm-hmm. this year, but his shots per 60 is up from what it was last year. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's an over. So you're saying, I think- you're saying his shooting percentage over the course of a longer period of time is probably going to even out, and he's going to... yeah. Score a bit more, guys. Interesting. Well, I think to be completely fair, though, to Darren, he has kind of produced more offensively this year in the sense that he's driven offense better than Pocanis has. So I guess he does kind of deserve that role over him right now. If we're being completely fair, I know everyone loves to hate on Darren, but just yeah, Pocanis hasn't really driven that's a fair that much off him. Like just because Pocanis is technically the next person on the depth chart doesn't mean yeah. he should get first line minutes, especially if Dehernay is like yeah. driving a bit more offense for sure. Because that's kind of who you need playing with Radulov, and honestly, that line's just been moving through Radulov anyway. In like from my perspective, like I know Chucky's been he leads the team in points. He's got like twenty three and twenty five games or something like that. But I honestly think the energy from that line starts with Radulov and oh, yeah. like the open space and whatnot comes from Radulov. So I think anybody can kind of play there. Not to take anything away from Paul Byron, but his success on that line clearly driven from from Radulov. I think it would be interesting to note if he was healthy, if you maybe slot heat on in that center and kind of give him a chance there and kind of see if he can draw some offense and get something going with that line. Like, in the short stint he was up, he kind of looked really good, I thought, personally. But he wasn't getting the ice time, but I thought he looked really good. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, this one, uh, I'm going to start with Zach again for this one. Um, over or under, Mark could eat eight pogos in one sitting. Over. Yeah, I'm going over. <laughs> I'm also going over, yeah. Like, like, he could, what he would do is he would eat like six Really, really, really fast. Yeah. I've, I've done the six challenge. I've done six. So I think I, I'm confident saying he could do. Six? I've done six. I'm confident saying he could do. I'm saying he could do over eight. Yeah, okay. Okay, so he, you're coming from a position of experience. Oh, 100%. Okay. No doubt about it. Well, the last couple would be trickier, but uh, I can do it. But you'd be able to get them down. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Would You Rather, another segment. So, Would You Rather, playing center, would you rather have. Kovalev in his prime, on your wing, or Radulov? Ooh, jeez. Um, I'm going to go with Radulov just because, well, I guess this is kind of just what I've seen from him right now, but I like his compete level in the corners and how he wins a lot of battles, and like I never really entirely saw that from Kovalev. As much as I love his offensive flair and his ability to just go off, it just it's Radulov for me. That's a very fair take. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I love Kovalev, don't get me wrong. But. I, it's a tough one. I think I would need Radulov's um, effort level because I know it, I wouldn't be the one yeah. <laughs> carrying that. So sure. I have to agree with you and go with Radulov. Yeah. More, so, more so because of me than because of any of those guys. So yeah. for the 10 people that listen to this podcast know that like Kovalev is my all-time favorite but Radulov is quickly becoming one of my all-time favorites. Like he's played what twenty-three games, yeah. twenty games for this team, and I'm already like on the back. In the grand scheme of things, but, for any team, twenty-three games for the Habs is 
It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So listen. I'm just. I'm just listen, spitting facts. I'm still going with Kovalev okay. for the sole purpose that like we like my effort level on the ice is like kind of what you touched on is similar to Kovalev. So I feel like when we get back to the bench, he's not razzing me the entire time. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like Radulov's on my case. He's like, man, you're not skating. You're not blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Whereas Kovalev your... would be like, Kovalev's good like, effort nice. out there. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have a completely open conversation with no consequences with your boss or have dinner with Terrier and release all your frustrations? So, like, you kind of get an opportunity to put everything out there with your boss or you get to have, like, a cash dinner with Terrier, but you can just rip them the whole time. Like, what's going to make you feel better in life? Because I know Habs fans, and they just get completely distraught over Terrier. Like, it seems like like they live and they die with the Habs. So I just want to know whether you guys would rather get your frustration out about Terrier, like face-to-face, mano-mano, or so, just have... Can what? I take this one first? Yeah, please. Good, I have a really hot take, so go ahead. Honestly, <laughs> really hot take. I feel like the instant I sat down with Terrier and he started ripping cigs, I would just like, I just would go, I would freeze and just be like, I, I can't say anything. Like, I, I, I feel like I would, you just I, be like, I what, would just be like, like, yeah, no. I'd just be like, man, he's just going to like, pow, he's just, I, I just, I bet I would be a wimp and not say anything. And I'd just be like, oh yeah. And then I'd leave there thinking DeHarnay is my favorite player. <laughs> And like, Subban's a selfish guy or whatever. I don't know what I, I just wouldn't. It would. It wouldn't end in the way I would intend it to. Because like, there's no way this. Like, it's got to be why this guy has a career long as long as he has is. Something there's got to be a reason, and maybe that's it. Maybe he just like no one. He's a very convincing man, and uh, I don't know. Okay, that's just how I. That's just that's just my. I want to hear Zach's hot yeah, take because yours was all well. Like, like it, it kind of goes kind of off of what you were saying there because like. I feel like I would sit down with him for five minutes and, like, I would just I, – I wouldn't be able to hate him. I would just be like, okay, like, we'd have a conversation and I'd – Terry and the coach would get out of my head and I'd start to, like, actually have a conversation with whoever this Michelle Terry guy is behind the, when he's not behind the bench. And I feel like I'd actually be like, okay, like, this guy's, like, a decent guy. Like, as, as you were saying, like, I'd probably fall in love with DNA and realize that Subban was a huge dick. But, you know, that's just – it's just one way to look at it, I guess. I don't know. I don't like. I would much rather just have dinner with Terrier and like. I don't know. I kind of feel like not that I'm a con- confrontational person, but I feel like I'd be able to just be like. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't act frustrated, but I would at least question a couple decisions. Yeah. I'd pick his brain for sure, 100. percent I would be like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Like. I've kind of been on the Terrier train for this, you know quarter of a season that we've had i've like i've defended him a couple times already on the pod so i feel like i'm really not that mad at him right now anyway like if if things like if things like if galchenyuk comes back from this injury and like ends up playing on the third line and like deharnay because he like potted one or two over like this stretch you know what i mean like ends up maybe ask me then and like i'll be like okay i can't have dinner with terry because i'll kill him but like you know that what I mean? Count like, as a threat, though, right? Like, that's not. A threat. No, we can cut that out. Yeah, we'll but cut like. That. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's just like I feel like there's just there's so much going on in his head, and I kind of would want to just understand where he's coming from a lot of stuff. And like, I'm at the point now where I'm not even like angry at them anymore. I'm just kind of like, 
I'm past that stage on like whatever the five stages are. I'm past the anger stage. I'm just kind of like I've accepted where we are, and I've just been like, Subban's not a habit anymore. So and so's not a habit anymore. Like I'm just kind of over it. Like I'm enjoying what's going on with the team and just kind of like going with it. I've decided not to be angry anymore. So oh, yeah, for sure. especially after last, like I felt, I feel like our entire inaugural season of Habs banter or half season was literally like we get together every two weeks. We complain about what's going wrong with the worst stretch of hockey in Habs history, and then we finish up, and then two weeks later we get back together and do it again. So yeah. I totally pre- I, and I'm I'm on the same page in that everything's going well right now. I'm a little I do think that Terrian's a better regular season coach than he is a playoff coach in that. So this is kind of like jumping topics a little bit, but the way coaches and teams adjust in playoffs when they're playing the same team every night in night out i think the last couple playoff runs the habs have had you kind of see how he doesn't adjust as much and teams really adjust to the, the habs way of playing with their longer passes and whatever i'm not going to get too far into it because i haven't thought out this argument uh very well in advance but anyways i think the conversation might be different in april or may than it would be now all that stuff. The, the first thing i think of when you say that is I, I can't I can't remember the exact year when Montreal lost to Ottawa in five games. Just Terrian got completely outclassed by a, a pretty garbage coach in Paul McLean. Just it it was just so evident that he's just he's not able to adapt in the sense. And I think you're right exactly. He's a he's a good regular season coach and he knows how to get whatever it is out of the players, but I think he needs to work on his adjustments for sure. I I found it was very uh, noticeable a couple years ago against Tampa Bay. They basically yeah. were able to yeah. shut, like we were playing the long pass all series long. And once we got down, if we were down a goal, we were done. Like they would just play the neutral zone tight. We couldn't get any long passes out and we couldn't connect on anything. And it was, you know, we were just stifled in the neutral zone and we were screwed. And that, I, think, I, think that was, I mean, Cooper's a great coach and Tampa Bay isn't exactly a, a bad hockey team. So it's, it's not just a matter of saying Terry and lost that series for us, but yeah, I guess. I, I think right now, in regards to if you look at the management and the coaching, I'd actually grade Terry and probably higher than I grade Bergevin right now. But looking at what, just going off of September to where we are right now, just on, you see a guy like Thomas McCann's really struggling. And I guess Bergevin's probably thinking, like, he's got to bounce back. He doesn't, you don't just lose your game overnight like that, right? But you just, you need to add, I think they need to add a second line center. I know uh, Brian Wilde's been pushing out on Twitter a lot, but I feel like you just need to add that second line center and keep Pocanitz in that shutdown third line center role where he's he's always excelled at the shutdown center role. That's just, that's just my opinion. Though. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, last uh, would you rather. Would you rather fight off the ice? Who would you rather fight off the ice? Nobody. Andrew Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lover. Andrew Shaw or Greg Pattern? Okay, I'll start because you guys seem <sighs> tough. Answer, you go first. Me, it's like Shaw, one hundred percent. Like I, like I'm not even thinking about it. Like I know Pattern's probably like twice the guy's size. <laughs> He's probably twice the guy's size. I don't care. Like Shawzy looks nuts, man. Like, <laughs> he looks crazy. Like Pattern's the type of guy where like literally he would like dust you. Like, he would crush you, like, really quick. Yeah. But he wouldn't take it too far. Like, he would, like, yeah. as soon as you're down, yeah. as soon He'd as you're like, down, cool. Pattern's like, oh, and he would probably, like, feel bad no matter what you did. He'd probably be like, you know what? Like, 
I probably shouldn't have done that. And like he, he eases up near the end. Yeah. Whereas Shazi is literally like he's using like anything that's like near like like whether it's a garbage can, it's a crowbar. He doesn't care. He's going <laughs> right. Exactly he's like thing. he's kicking you in the nuts. He's like when you're down, he's like no, I'm serious. When he's like well, jerseying you, he's like ripping your shirt and stuff. I was like, it's just the worst. Like yeah. Shaw all day for me. Yeah. Wait, the first. Wait, so you first... rather fight him off the ice because of that? No, I'd rather fight Greg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, to me, okay. he's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm, I was thinking, the first thing you said when you brought those two names up, I was like, okay, like, Paterns kind of scares me in the sense that you look at his beard and it'd probably knock me out just looking at it. But, like, at the same time, you you see you see Shaw and you're like, he's got brass knucks somewhere. He's going to knock you out with those. You just know you... He's got some illegal yeah. thing on him that you're just you're not you're not winning that fight and you're probably gonna get injured yeah, in the process. He's so. Literally sticking some sort of drug in your body, bringing you. Oh, for sure. You're waking up in like a cold bathtub or something. <laughs> yeah, he's also probably gotten into more off ice bar fights. Like he probably just. Oh, for sure. All the time. For sure. Also, I think this pattern is since he's bigger, maybe like fighter strategy get inside his reach and get inside him. I don't know. No, this that's so <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Like like you're not you're not beating either. Yeah, well, I heard Greg's, like, a super likable guy, so, like, I feel like, I just feel like, man, I don't want to fight, like, let's just go grab a beer or something. Yeah, I'd be like, Gregory, come on. Great, yeah, come like, on, Gregory. Yeah. Don't you, he'd be more likely to convince out of a fight, too. Isn't he, like, a, he's a really smart guy, isn't he? Where did he come from, Um, I feel like he's a, well, name doesn't ring a bell anymore, but, yeah, I think he's a smart guy. Like he's yeah, and, and like educated and, and in the yeah, sense that he's he, Shaw is yeah, not Shaw, a smart guy. Yeah, you could say Shaw kind of isn't really up to snuff with that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Okay, breaking news. Breaking news. Zach says Shaw's dumb. Yeah. So I can confirm that. <laughs> let's get that on. Let's get that on Twitter right away. Uh, the hashtag okay. trending. Let's talk a bit about Pacioretty. So he's been. Clearly not having. <laughs> Mark's googling Greg. I'm just looking to see like, where you went to school because I figure that was where you were going. Okay, with so it. let okay university. You went of Michigan. to the University of Michigan. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. Then. There's someone. There was someone that it's not George Farrow. He was like a Harvard alum or something. But there's some really smart guy that looks like Greg Paterno, and then I'm just missing out on right now. So okay, so let's talk about Pacioretty because he's not having the year we all thought or hoped. Um, so he's in a bit of a slump. People are talking about, like, is he a trade consideration? Like, could that... <laughs> now he's Googling Paul Merrim. <laughs> you weren't thinking about Paul Merrim. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. That's a little too far back. Googled who looks like Greg Pattern yeah. and Paul Merrim yeah. came up. Yes, um, Spatia. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's talk, like, what are your thoughts on Pacioretty? Like, like, do you think, like... Is he somebody that you think we should like trade at the moment? Is he somebody you think you like hold tight on? Is he somebody like like if we were gonna trade him, like hypothetically, like what's a return that you'd look for? Like, is there any is there ever gonna be a situation where you trade Pacioretty? Like what are you guys thinking? I mean, in the sense that trading him, I don't really I'm not gonna say that's off limits because I was saying for the longest time, there's no chance in hell to have straight PK Subban, so I'm not really going to go into that. But I just don't, I don't see how you can trade a guy with that kind of a contract. That's pretty much a lock for 30 goals every year. I just don't think you're going to get return value. I don't see you getting something that's going to really benefit 
your club in the sense that you're in a win now mode essentially. And I don't think you're going to get something that's going to be able to besides futures, that's going to really uh, impact your club. Like you, you pose the question, uh, who would you deal? Like what kind of a deal would you look at? And the first thing that came to my mind actually was uh, for the Panthers. And I looked at uh, Nick Bougestad actually. And that was the first thing that kind of like came to my mind. He's making, 4.1 million a year for the next six seasons. Well, he, he signed a six-year deal in 2014, I want to say. And that that's probably the only kind of fair value. I, I, I don't think Florida would do that. So it's just kind of, it's pretty hard to make a fair value trade for Patrick right now. Yeah, yeah I think the main thing, like the, one of the most important things that you touched on is the salary. Because at the end of the day, in a salary cap world, you have, like, that has to be, like, one of the top considerations because everything is value per dollar right and that's on top of the fact that he's our captain and i know people question whether or not he should be our captain that's fine whatever you can have your opinions on that it's another conversation but he it's not like he has one 30 goal season and and we're just hoping for the best like he's got four including a 39 goal season he's in a rough spot right now but he could easily just like he's streaky is if his cold streak is at the beginning of the year I'm ra- I'd rather that than at the end of the year anyways. He looked great on Sunday against the Kings. Yeah, like when he when he was placed with Radulov and Galchenyuk, I thought all three of them looked really good together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my wife just bought us pizza. Yeah. Needless to say, that's not really fair, but you know. Yeah. It's a good thing you can't smell it from the computer. Oh, I have a, I have quite the imagination for the pizza, so. Um. So like. My thoughts on Pacioretty are, yeah, you guys are right. Like, it's a salary cap world. But at the same time, to me, that makes his value higher than it's ever going to be. Like, I know he's in a bit of a slump right now. But teams teams will take a chance on a guy who's had, okay, like maybe a slow start to the, in a quarter of a season with his salary who scored thir- more than 35 goals multiple times. Like, that's hard to come by. What is he up next year? After next year. After yeah. next year, his contract's up. So, to me, it's like... Even if you take on a bit more salary and you get a longer term deal, like you know, Pacioretty's going to fetch a large amount of money. That's true. So maybe the time to deal him is now. Like maybe it's like maybe you start poking around for it. Like I'm like, obviously, you wouldn't if you're the Habs. You don't do it when you're on a contending team. You don't just trade a guy that you can like move up and down the lineup. But yeah. he is a one, like to me, he's a one dimensional scorer. Like he's always scored goals like off the rush. Yeah. And maybe teams are adjusting in that, so maybe teams know what's coming in that like now, like who knows? Like I, I just think Pacioretty is now like I've I've read a couple things about him like trying to change his game and like working with Kirk Muller about like working on one the defensive side of his game, two like going to the net a little harder and like getting back to doing those types of things. So maybe this slump turns him into a better player because yeah. like he's working on different things and hopefully he comes out of it as a better player. But all I'm saying is I can see the other argument of like, maybe the time to trade him is now given that at the end of next year, we're going to have a lot of money that we need to shell out to the carried price. Galchenyuk's going to make more money at the end of this year. So maybe the time to pounce is now. So here's one guy that has a comparable contract who I would, would not be like super mad at seeing in a Habs uniform. Wayne Simmons. Actually makes six hundred thousand dollars less than. Uh, than uh, Who would you rather fight, Andrew Shaw or Wayne? Simmons? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd, 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. PKC <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But what's Simmons contract like right now? What's his situation? I know he's making what you said he's making, but how long he signed for? He signed through uh, an F- one more season than uh, one more season than Patrick although he has a modified no trade no trade clause. I just I can't see Philly doing that, just in the sense that it's, it doesn't really change it up, and Simmons is actually producing a lot better, and he kind of. He, he's like he's a vintage flyer. He's exactly what they've always yeah, been, right? Yeah, no, a... that's one of those more like I just would like to see Simmons. For some reason, last year there was Simmons to Montreal rumors, and I never really believed any of them for a second. But I definitely didn't hate the idea. But yeah, that's a, but that's the other thing too is like, so the Habs would have to like there's a limited number of NHL ready like we talked about limited number of NHL ready players that could slide in in a decent role and we've named two and i don't know how many more there would be that teams would be it's a good point like yeah. Yeah. like that's such a small market that i think i i think it's safe to say that he's not being shocked and even if yeah. teams were calling uh bergevin it would have to be a pretty wild deal for him to make that uh for him to make that move no doubt no but like core you're saying like that you kind of you would consider and I'm not saying I'm not against considering it but like what kind of value would you say you'd want in return for that like who are you I'm not necessarily asking for names but like what kind of ad would you be looking to add to to Montreal if you're subtracting Patrick I think you kind of hit the nail on the head like I'm okay like I said taking more money back like I know you brought up Nick Bustad and like I think a center that could potentially replace Placanic's role like given that like he's done a solid job at it. Like I know people are all over him now, but he's done such a solid job for the last, like however many seasons, like six, seven years in that role. And now we're just like harping all over him. So if like, if we can find like a legitimate replacement, I think it's been pretty clear to me that center is a bit of a, is a bit of a weak spot. Like I know we have like a ton of centermen, but we have a ton of bottom six centermen. I think for about four weeks this summer, everyone in Habsland kind of went from being center as a weakness to center as a strength, and now we're back to center as a weakness. Yeah, because I mean, like if you if you look at if you look at the wing right now, like you can move like Shaw up on the wing, you can move Danny Carr up on the wing, you can put Andrew Ghetto up on the wing, you can move Hudo on the wing, like all in like sort of that like second line, like it's a it's a revolving <clears throat> door. But at center, who are you putting there right yeah, now? You're going Placanic, DeHarnay, Mitchell. Like those are your, Shaw. Those are your rotating centers yeah. on the second line. So to me, it's like if you can take a bit of pressure off of Chucks and like maybe get somebody out of there, like – I don't know who it is. Like, I don't have names. But to me, I'm willing to potentially think about moving Pacioretty, who, in all fairness, has been slotted on, like, the third line at times this year, to find a second-line centerman. Well, and I would good centers it. are harder to come by than, like, a good I would a good top-six center is harder to come by than a and, scoring And player. to Zach's point, it's like, okay. at this point, it's like, I can't, like, it's hard for me to defend because I don't have any names out there. I guess all I'm saying is, like, I would consider it if, yep. you know. But kind of, kind of going off of all that, it's a little off topic, but someone that's really impressed me this year, kind of in the mix, he's played a bit of center, a bit of wing, Philip no, I thought he's been really, really good in the Habs uniform this year. Yeah, so I kind of harped on him, I think, on our second episode. I was like, oh, no, not looking too hot. But since then, he's looked fantastic, and I think he's playing on 
Placanic's line tonight. He adds a lot of different elements, though. He kind of brings a little bit of everything, and I kind of like that in a player. For sure. Yeah. He has a lot of... Uh, so he's going with Placanic and Gallagher tonight? I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah, breaking news. Breaking news. So... <laughs> okay, but would you consider trading for a center if Galchenyuk's out for, like, a substantial amount of time? Is he coming back this year, though? That's the question I asked first. Is Galchenyuk coming back this year? Like, if, if in that question, like, is he still returning this year? You're saying substantial. Like, are we talking just, like, four months or something? Or, like, is he returning before the season ends? Okay, so let's say he misses the next 25 games. Yeah, I, I still have a second line center. I think Carey Price is the difference, and he kind of just can hold four. As much as people don't want to admit it, I think he can still. I think it's his team at the end of the day. So Yeah, and the Habs, honestly, the Habs haven't had... So, Galchenyuk was one point out of the top 10 in NHL scoring. Yeah. Somebody tweeted today, like, the Habs haven't had a top 10 NHL scorer since the 80s. I can't even remember who it was. That's nuts. Like, to actually finish the season as a top I, I wasn't born, so... Whoa! So, there's that. There's that. Eight, so... Well, I'm I definitely don't remember watching It might have been game. the year I was born. Yeah. Anyway, so that just goes, like, that just goes to show the value that Chucky's bringing and, like, the impact that he's had on the team. And, like, I guess we'll find out pretty quick if he's out for a certain amount of time. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. I think the interesting thing will be the test on Bergevin. Um, and to your point on grading Terrier ahead of Bergevin, it's like after last year with price going down and like not finding a replacement and trying to like, just like wait the year out yeah. after making the big Weber trade. And like, maybe your window to win is like, okay, you're looking at the next three or four years. Now that you've made that trade, yeah. does he go out and get a centerman yeah. if Chucky's out long-term? Because we're going to find out real quick that Deharnay is still not a number one center after learning that over the last couple of years, we're going to go ahead and see that again. So, so we're talking, think, we're talking about potentially trading Pacioretty, and we're talking about potentially bringing in a second line center. And you mentioned Brian Wilde's been talking about that a lot, and the name he's brought up the most is Ryan Nugent, Nugent Hopkins. Hopkins. What does the package look like if those two guys are in that package, Nugent Hopkins and Pacioretty? Is it one for one? Is it who? I think we're adding there. Yeah. I think they're adding. Whoa! I think I think that's that out in there. I'm struggling. I don't want to. I don't want to overvalue. I, I think it's. I think you're gonna find people saying both ways. Like you look at. I don't think really, Nugent Hopkins fulfilled that potential that he had coming into the NHL. But of course, he's still like he's still a very valuable commodity because we've seen what he can do. But I still think Pacioretty's more proven. But I guess what's Nugent and Hopkins' contract like right now? You guys, what's the situation with that? Well, we'll find. We'll Mark's find gonna out. look it up. We'll find out. But because that obviously you'd have to take that into consideration too, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then, so yeah, because the Oilers do have a decent amount of centers, and Pacioretty would look these on the Oilers too. Can you imagine him on McDavid's wing? Yeah, it'd be pretty. It, it that's, be pretty that's a fifty goal scorer. I'm not. I feel like I'm not being Pacioretty. And like to his fairness, he looks pretty darn good on that top line with uh, Radulov and Chucky. So Nugent Hopkins has a $6 million cap hit. Interesting. So that kind of makes me think that we would want something like 
Yeah, but he's know. locked up till 2019. Yeah. So by the time, like, yeah, so after next season, that six million is probably a way better deal. And than how old is he? Ready. He's only uh, 24, maybe 23. He's 23, so he's a year older. He turns 24 than... around the end of the regular season this year. Okay, so he's a year older than Chucky. Yeah, and he's basically like you. You were saying Edmonton has a ton of centers. Like they've got their top. Like they've got obviously McDavid. Uh, Dries Idol or Drazel or however I still haven't figured out how to say his name. It's unreal. <laughs> so it's not like Nugent Hopkins is a third line center, anyways. No. So it kind of I don't know. I don't know how you you fit the pieces together, but okay, that so, sounds like it works for both so teams. Brian. So yeah, Brian Wild has been saying that. So outside of Patcheretti, so if, if if outside of trading Patcheretti, who else do you trade? Like who else is in that deal? Because to me. I don't know if Prospects is getting it done. Like, they probably want D, right? Yeah. I don't want to shock you, but I have two words for you, and it's probably Nathan Beaulieu. It's probably something along yeah. Nathan Beaulieu. Yeah. Plus, I'd say they add to that. For sure. Yeah. For sure they add to that. Yeah. I just don't know what else you would add to that, essentially. Because in the cap world that we're living in today, whatever Beaulieu's cap it is, it's... I don't know what it is, essentially, but it's it's under two mil, right? It's one million, and it's uh, yeah. restricted after this year. So you can't really like it's you can't be dealing like you can't be adding four million in this in this cap era right now. So yeah. I don't know. It's so it's hard to tell, right? That's what makes trades. It's one of the reasons why trades are so damn hard to make now. Hundred percent. It's not just a talent for talent evaluation. It's a it's not a head. it's not a video game, guys. Yeah, it's not. Trust me, I make trades all the time on. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's wrap this up here with a couple of final questions for you. I have one more point to make about the, the, the rad kind of just, I kind of just thought of it now though, but I think it'll be interesting to see with Galchenyuk out the kind of, I think we're going to realize how important Radulov is to this team. I think he's really going to, I think he's going to step up more than he's already stepped up right now. And I think you're going to notice like a, a really elite player. I think he's going to start getting way more recognition around the league. And I think he's going to start showing like, he's going to kind of take over the team in a sense. And I think you're going to really see a, an elite player. That's so a, that's just, that's my opinion. It might be a hot take, but I, I think we're going to see a really hot take that I can. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Radulov guy. And yeah, he's... That, that has the Habs banter seal of approval. <laughs> Hell yeah. Always welcome back now. Yeah. We were on the fence. We were on the fence. Before. Yeah, <laughs> Boy, it was big time on the fence when it came to Radulov before. Okay, okay. A couple final questions. Which is worse, sandals with socks or Crocs? Crocs. So that was not even not even, not even thinking about it. I glean. I don't think that you wear socks and sandals. I've done it. So okay. Okay. I, we were okay. This is an honesty trust circle here. Okay, so that's fine. It it was it was unintentional, but I've done it just because it was really one of those like I forget why I did it, but I've I've done it and I just I would never touch a crock with a ten foot pole. So I respect that. And two, do you moisturize your hands? Not frequently. I have though. Okay. Okay. They must get pretty dry in the winter. It's it's honestly like you're gonna you're gonna be like oh we got a Tommy Tough guy in here but like it's from weightlifting they get really dry and like the calluses and stuff. Yep. I'm like it just kind of gets annoying. Yeah, big Tommy Tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and lastly, are you a uh, PK guy or like a Shea guy? Uh, I've always been a PK guy, but Shea's grown on me in the sense that I really 
I really like. I mean, it's admirable what he's kind of contributed as a Canadian so far. I like where you went there, but you have to pick one. PK. Yeah. Okay. Corey. Yeah. Yeah. I like both. Yeah, I like both too. Okay, I don't want to get really off topic here and get something pub and get something like it's not off topic and get something like someone publicity that doesn't deserve it. But did you guys see what Patrice Brisbois said today? No, no, I need to. Hear he basically it. said he basically said like he sees Subban being out of the league in a couple of years. I'm not kidding. Man. And then there were people there were people agreeing with being like, yeah, like I, I could see that. And I'm of like, course people agree with messed that. up. That's the craziest. Like that is the most like. Scorching take I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> yeah. life. Like that is the hottest. Yeah, of you hot. thought your Radulov was hot. That wow. one is a scorcher. For sure. He's an athletic freak. He's not leaving the league until he's in his forties. I can literally bank on that. I bet a significant amount of money on that. That is wild. He's a freak. It's true. He he is an athletic freak. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, just, okay. I think that, I thought that was ridiculous. I don't want to give it publicity, but I just I thought it was ridiculous. People need to know the truth about Petri. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> more and more news as this goes on. That's why. Well, I used to call him. I remember back in the day, I used to call him Patrice Breeze by because everyone yeah, was yeah, always yeah, like, yeah, "Okay, yeah, I'm glad yeah, that was like a mutual thing." Friendship <laughs> on a mutual hatred for nice. Blah, so. Yeah, yeah. Patrice Breeze by. That's awesome. I actually bought his jersey just to burn it. So. Wow. That'd be a power move and a bit of a waste of money. A power move. Nothing like like getting the guy royalty check and then burning the jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, no. Always a a pleasure, Thanks. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was great fun. Uh, Always, you know, good time. We'll have you on again soon. eh? Say say hey to Hugh for us. Uh, I'll let him know on Thursday. We're actually having a Christmas party on Thursday at school, and uh, Hugh's going to be having a few cold ones with us, so it should be a... should be interesting. Okay, nice. okay. Maybe you can ask, like, you know, after he's got a couple pops in him, how he feels about Mark and I, and maybe yeah. get some juice, and then we can uh, break that news next time you're on. Sounds good to me. He was a big fan of the Subban trade. Like, he really likes Shea Weber. He's a, he's a big Weber guy. He tweeted at us yeah. as soon as the trade went yeah. down, and, like, I kind of gave him, like, I was super, super sad. Yeah. Nah, same old. Mark was, Pretty like, sad. super, super sad when it happened. Yeah. And I've kind of turned a corner now. Like, I've accepted it. Kind of mm-hmm. like you said earlier, I've accepted it. I've moved on. Like, Shay's been fantastic. Like, really like what he's bringing. But Hugh tweeted at us right away and just kind of, like, pushed my sadness to a whole new level because of his takes. Yeah. And I was just like, Hugh, you need to shut up right now because, yeah. like, I, I, I was getting to a point where, like, tears were coming down and they were, like, they went from small drops to, like, flowing. Yeah, you know, like first day of class, we had you and I literally we didn't even like know each other very well. We had an argument over the Subban trade. Literally first day of class, and he's like, he, I was I was obviously like still kind of on the fence and against it at the time, and he was just like, Shea Weber guaranteed top three defenseman in the league. Can you say that about Subban? And I was like, Yeah, I, I thought you could at the time. I honestly believe Subban was. Behind Carlson, maybe, I guess there's an argument with Doughty and a few other guys, but you kind of just, I, I had Subban up there in the top five, and he just didn't think that he was in that top five, so that was just my opinion. But. I mean, he probably has him at six, though, so. <laughs> I mean, he said he, he, he loved him, so I'm not going to say he didn't like him, but it's just like, he, he really liked the Shea Weber trade, so I'll leave it at that. That's just Hugh being here, right? Yeah. Hugh being Hugh. Okay, well, enjoy your Christmas party on Thursday and say hey for us. 
Uh, we will have a good one, boys. Thanks for having me. See you later, Paul. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, raw, raw, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat. You Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ram, raw, raw, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ram, raw, raw, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat. You Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes. Potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, beans, greens, beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, 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 beans, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken. You name it. You name it. You name it.